0: It's not just a website. It's not just a podcast. It's a brand and a movement. Go to ninoscorner.com N-I-N-O-S corner.com to get the latest products from Nino. Go to the book section to find Nino's three number one best-selling books. Can You Love Me? A Memoir, A Tribute, Battle's Blueprint, Five Self-Battles to Defeat for Success, and My Wonderful Life and Adoption Story. If you need merchandise... We had that for you too. Our custom do you signature series shirts and other apparel were sure to please. Again, visit www.ninoscorner.com N I N O S corner.com for more information. What's up peeps? Nick battle, AKA Ninos corner, man. You know what it is, man. Um, First off, if you like what you're listening to, go like and subscribe. Give me a five-star comment, five-star review. But today, you guys know I'm going to talk about the Texas versus Baylor game, but I'm also going to talk about just the whole do you message and some things that I got coming up, guys. So first off, let's let's dig into the Nino's Corner brand first. You know, So first off, man, you know, this podcast is just not about sports. It's just not about music. This podcast is like a barbershop, right? It's like the barbershop of podcasts where we talk about music, politics, uh sports the whole nine so i'm gonna give you just a small preface of what's going to happen here in the next week you know so i got a great friend of mine a brother his name's langston colin wilkins he's from the same fraternity you know of me five beta sigma fraternity incorporated blue five you know um and he is like he is like me when it comes to music we are big fans of music especially hip-hop and you know, even in you know our our years now we're 37, 38 years old, man, we still love hip-hop. I'm gonna be that person when I'm a 70, 75-year-old granddad or great granddad, man. I'm gonna be jamming Tupac. I'm gonna be jamming, you know, some realness, you know. And when I talk about that realness, there's one record label in particular right now that is doing it, and that is Griselda Records. And they have had uh, album after album after album. Conway's new album came out. Uh, West Side Gun's new album came out, Uh, Benny the Butcher's album came out, which I think is the album of the year. But just to give you a preface of what me and, you know, Dr. Wilkins are going to talk about next week. And it's going to be the Burden of Proof album by Benny the Butcher. We're going to do a full review on it. And so, man, just to dig into the Benny the Butcher album. I'm not going to dig into it now, but I'm going to give you just a little preface about what that label means to me. You know, so I got a good friend of mine. You know, he's one of the execs over there at the record label with uh, the actual record label with Griselda and Benny and all those guys. And, um, you know, I just hit him up today, you know, just give him a shout out on just how good of a job that team is doing. And, you know, it's the first time that I think hip hop has been in a place where I can literally I I can literally listen to uh, three or four albums from that record label on repeat and not even change them. There's only a few artists I can do that too. It's all three of them from Griseldas. The guy, you know, Dom Kennedy is another one that like I can do that too. I love the game. Nas also, those are the guys that when I lock in on the album, like I can lock in and, and jam it for a while. And some underground cats too like you know like the Joe Moseses and stuff like that. So, but on that note, guys, man, I just want to bring to you guys that little piece that we're going to talk about this next week, but I wanted just to bring it up because, you know, I want to talk about myself to a little bit, you know, the whole Nino's Corner brand, man, follow your dreams. And that was what my homeboy D-Jack was able to do. He followed his dreams, man. He was a music guy from the start. Known him since 2010. We were at the Super Bowl together in Miami. Uh, it was the Saints versus the uh, Colts. Me, him, and a couple of our friends, man. And we were on stage with currency we had a concert the whole nine it was it was a hell of a you know weekend straight business you know what i mean so uh to 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 see him where he's at now following the stream with music is just a blessing man so I had to give him a shout out today and i and I did that you know also man you know so I gave him like a little text through the instagram so but in saying that man following your dreams man you guys know I write books I got three books out you know uh my third book, which is the adoption book, you know, which is about my son. You know, uh, he's adopted, if you guys didn't know. But that book's already, I've got like an interview with like an adoption agency because of it. Um, and I'm trying to get that place into different adoption agencies so that they can have that for birth, mothers, and things of that nature. Long story. My second book, which is the self help book, I got a contract with that for, you know, a middle school. Great. The first book, guys, was my best selling book. It's the hardest one I try to get a contract with. I'm trying to get this out to like colleges, man. And so everything that's been happening with the, you know, like systemic racism and things of that nature, I think this book really fits into that. So I've been like every night emailing colleges, you know, hopefully one of them will pick up. You know, and get this into their curriculum. But, you know, this is a little bit about myself and the brand, man. We've been doing some good things. Uh, The clothing line is doing really well. You got to see I got to do your shirt. My son's wearing he's wearing a line to school and stuff. So the kids are liking it. Um, You know, so I got the kids line, too. And I got three models now that are going to be doing some shoots for me. So those should be coming up real soon, man. Um, But, man, hey, follow your dreams, but do what you got to do. You guys know, like I said, I write the books. I'm a sports analyst, which is why I got the Horn's Corner portion coming on after this, right? We're going to talk about the Texas game. Uh, You know, I just do a lot. I make beats. And what I think I'm going to do now, which I'm going to talk to my boy Langston about this next week, but, you know, I got a lot of music. guys. I got like 50 to 75 songs on iTunes for people that I produce music for. And just hearing that organic Griselda music, I think I'm going to start releasing some beats that I've never released, like maybe one a week or like maybe one every two weeks, uh, just to get the sound out there, man. Uh, because, I, you know, I love hip hop. I love music. Um, so, hey, more on that next week when I talk to Dr. Langston, Colin Wilkins, we're going to do that full preview of the, or the full review of the Benny the Butcher Burn the Proof album. Now, Guys, on that note, guys, let's go to a small break, man, and we're going to talk about the Texas and the Baylor game. And we're back, guys. Man, so we're in the Horn's Corner portion of the Nino's Corner podcast. So today we're going to talk about the game that happened this weekend, Texas versus Baylor. All right, so Texas wins the game. You guys know I have my own custom Nino's Corner number, so the NCN. When you hear the NCN, Nino's Corner number. So – The average NCN for an NCAA offense is 40 points. Texas had 58.6. Baylor had like 48.3. I'm sorry, 58.6 and 48.3. Yeah. So on that note, what does that tell you? Texas's offense was, you know, better than the Baylor offense. Uh, Baylor could not run the ball, and that's kudos to the Texas defense. Uh, But Texas could run the ball, and I think that's what separated the game. Uh, you know, so the, the actual leading rusher for Texas was Sam Ellinger again, which needs to stop. We need to have a running back be the leading rusher for this team. Sam cannot do it all, but we are making him do it all. And and it's a discredit to his talent and the services to, to where we have to basically depend on him to lead us uh, in everything for us to be efficient. Where would this team be without Sam? So in saying that guys, I'm a little befuddled in the running game by, just a running back rotation. So the first two games, uh, I think Rashawn Johnson started. The next two games, Keontae Ingram started, and in the fifth game, B. John Robinson started, true freshman from Arizona, five star recruit, number one running back in the nation. So, how does this play out, guys? I don't know. But the guy who was your your, your guy who had all the power, he was almost your workhorse last year, and and Johnson only got one carry in this fifth game, which I think is absurd. Um, he's been so loyal to the team I think he would get more than just one carry had one carry, one catch. Bijan Robinson started. He had a couple of nice flashes, but of course, Sam was the guy who led this team in rushing. Got to stop it at that, guys. He cannot lead this team in rushing and passing. But how do we do this? Texas ends up playing uh, Oklahoma State here on this uh, upcoming Saturday on Halloween. So Texas has to win this game to keep winning the Big 12. Can they do it? Yeah. Would they do it? Yeah, I don't know. They got to win out. They got five more games, right? So if they win out the next five games, the the Big 12 is wide open right now, right? Everett has two losses. Uh, Texas has two losses. You know, uh, Oklahoma has two losses. I think TCU has a couple losses also, but Oklahoma State sitting there with just one, well, with no losses. Texas has to run the table in order for them to have a, an opportunity to play for the Big 12 championship. But let's not talk about the Big 12 championship right now. Let's take it one game at a time, and let's just go back and focus on this game against Baylor. So what did Texas do right? Texas did right was run the ball with Sam, uh, got the ball to different receivers, which is another problem I think that Texas has. Even though it was something that they did right, the problem is I don't think Texas has a go-to receiver. You know, I was looking at just a film – over the past three years. So the first year we had Reggie Hempel maps who was in the slot. Okay. And he had a very good and very productive year. He ends up transferring. I don't know why. Then we had little Jordan Humphrey in the slot, who had one of the top five receiving seasons in the uh, program history. And he ends up going to the NFL. Okay. And in the next year, we have Devin Duvernay in the slot, who ends up having probably the second best uh, season of any wide receiver to ever, you know, grace foot on this campus. He ends up, you know, getting drafted in the third round, playing for the Baltimore Ravens. So you think the slot position is the position that is going to get the most attention and the position that this coaching staff loves and players are going to have an opportunity to thrive. So what happened? I thought Jake Smith and I thought that Jordan Whittington were going to be those two guys to thrive in this slot position. Jake Smith has been injured a lot. So is Jordan Whittington, but Jake Smith played yesterday. Jake Smith played in the first game. There has just not been a lot of production from the slot position. And I just don't know why. Uh, I think the most productive guy this year has been Joshua Moore. And, he, and I think he only has like 200 yards receiving this year, maybe 250. Uh Brennan Eagles is always good for one great deep play, but I don't think the Texas coaching staff is using him properly and correctly. Brennan Eagles is a freak of nature. I think he can do great things if he was just coached differently. I just don't think the fit here at Texas is doing him any justice. But let's get back to the slot position. I thought Jake Smith was going to have a breakout year after seeing what Devin Duvernay did last year with his speed, his size, him basically being a running back playing wide receiver. I think Jake Smith is that same build, not as thick as Duvernay, but a guy who it looks like a running back. He's built like a running back. When he gets the ball in his hands, he goes from receiver to running back, and he just hasn't been that guy. I don't know what's up with this offense. Maybe it's a new offense that is uh, implemented you know, by Mike Yurichich, um, but Tom Herman says that it's his offense, and he's just implementing a few things from a new OC. We shall see. Another thing in offense, Jared Wiley needs to get more touches. K Brewer, I love him. He's been a, a, a good player here, but just from the receiving end, he has not been as productive as a guy like Jared Wiley. Jared Wiley needs to get more touches. He needs to be more uh, implemented into this offense to be success. He averaged 35 yards of reception yesterday. He had four targets, two catches for 70 yards, 35 yards of reception. Hell of a game for him. We need to see more of him. He's a playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands. And Sam knows he's a playmaker because in the interception that he threw, guess who he's trying to feed the ball to? Jared Wiley. Threw it in double coverage, but that's the guy that's making plays for him. All right? Next thing in offense size, offensive line. Sam Cosman needs to come in for another year. I guarantee if you ask him uh, whether he would be impressed with the film that he put out there uh, for his potential last year, he's going to probably tell you not no, but hell no. So just the season that's been coming on, I think Sam Cosman is due to come in for another year. I don't think he's ready for the NFL. A lot like with Connor Williams. I know he left to go to the NFL and the Cowboys moved him to guard and it's just not really his strong suit. He's not that thick of a body guy, and him playing guard is probably not the best thing, and it showed these these first couple of years. Um, but that's the offensive side of the ball. We could talk for hours on that, but let's go to the defensive side of the ball, okay? Defensive side of the ball. Both teams didn't grade that high on the uh, scale for NCN on defense. 45 points is the NCN defensive average score for uh, an NCAA defense. Texas had a, like a 44.7 or something like that. So basically right at a 45, which is right at average, and Baylor were slightly below that. Now, to me, the numbers is a little bit deceiving because Texas did stop the run, but they gave up some, some pass plays. Um, they gave up a bunch of first downs when they didn't have to, uh, but they did. They were a bend, not break defense, meaning that they Baylor was able to march down the field. I wouldn't say at ease, but they were able to march down the field. Uh, and, and and pass on the field. And Charlie Brewer did did pass the ball pretty well, uh, but they did not break. They did not let Baylor score touchdowns. Uh, they did their thing. I think they only limited them to, what was it, 16 points or so or, or, or 17 points. But, but anyways, guys, they, they did a hell of a job on, on the run game, which forced them to be one-dimensional. Once they were one-dimensional, Texas could pin their ears back, rush the quarterback, and then have the defensive backs uh, actually be able to do their job, and that is to cover wide receivers. But Texas did put some pressure on the quarterback. Shout-out, kudos to Moro Ajomo, uh, starting defensive end. Uh, You know, I thought he was more of a, you know, of a defensive tackle, especially on a a 4-3 line. But he actually playing defensive end here. And so you have him playing defensive end. They kicked in Taquan Graham to play the defensive tackle alongside Colburn, who's those two are having a monster season. They're stopping the run, pushing the pocket up, which is amazing. Um, and then they got Joseph Asai, who is on the other defensive end/slash hybrid linebacker, who's rushing the quarterback, best defensive player. To speak on Joseph Asai, let's talk about the injury that he had. I know he had an arm injury, don't know how severe it is, but when he went down in that game, I said, Oh my god. Uh, this might be the season for the Longhorns. But he was able to come back in in the late fourth quarter, I think in the last two drives and ended up, you know, actually helping stop those drives and Texas wants the game. So guys, let's look ahead. Texas plays Oklahoma State next week. Number six, Oklahoma State. I think Texas might have a shot to win this game. Um the uh the quarterback for you know for Okie State finally came back. I think he was uh he was a little banged up. Um let's see what's his name Spencer Ware? Yeah, but uh, he played really good last year. Texas ended up beating him last year. I think Texas has a good shot to beat him this year. Uh, uh, What's his name? Chuba Hubbard, their running back, who I thought was going to go to the league last year, but he stayed back. He's from uh, Canada, if I'm not mistaken. But if Texas can stop the running game like they have uh, and force uh, Spencer Ware to be a passer, even though he can run the ball, he can get out of there. I think he had an ankle injury. I think that's why he missed those first three games or so. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as effective as uh, you know at running the ball as he was last year. But if they can halt the running game, right, and force Spencer Ware to beat them, I think Texas has a good shot to win this game if the defense plays what they did against Baylor and stops the run. They got a good shot to win this game, guys. And the offense just, just – it's got to click. The offensive line has to jail a little bit more. Christian Jones cannot get beat. Like, he's been getting beat pretty bad, guys. Um, so, they, they got to shore that up. The guards have to play better. Um, just the line in general has to play better. But – and Sam, I trust. <laughs> so, if I had to put a pick on this, guys – I'm gonna go Texas. I think Texas is gonna win this game. I think they're gonna shock some people. Uh, I, mean, I think Oklahoma State is good, but I don't think they're as good as advertised. Um, I think Texas is gonna win this game. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 38-31 Texas. But on that note, guys, man, it's time to go. I got to get out of here, man. Do you? Don't be afraid to fail. I'll grow your environment. Understand your brilliance, and if you can, go check out my homeboy Alexander Stevens podcast. What is he thinking? What I-Z-He Thinking, man. It's a great podcast. Talks to talks to the ladies from a male perspective to see what men are thinking. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man, on that note, man, I'm out. Peace out. Talk to you next week.